One, two, ten. Welcome to the Claim to Throne Blodgecast, coming on you with insights into what it's really like to be in a do-it-yourself metal band in 2014. Who is it? And we're black on the Claim the Throne Blodgecast. Thanks a lot for tuning in this week. Uh, we are with another super legend from the Aussie metal scene, someone who is a super busy boy. So, th- yeah, really appreciate his time on a Saturday evening tuning in with Cabot and Ash. We are with Jason North. How are you going today, Jason? Yeah, good, mate. Thanks for, uh, yeah, getting in touch. No worries, man. Anytime, um, if you're not aware of who Jason is, he is from the band Truth Corroded out of Adelaide in South Australia. They have been around for quite some time now, over 10 years, I think. Uh, also yeah. from uh, yeah, Truth Inc. Records and also the founder of the New Dead Festival that is happening in a couple of weeks, May 31 in Adelaide. Massive lineup at Fowler's Live if you are in the area and if you're not, make sure you come along as well. Hey, Jess. Going on, guys? We'll start off, I guess, just with uh, talking about the new Dead Fest a little bit. Um, so if you can give us a bit of a rundown of the details of the day, line up what bands you're excited to see and how people can get tickets and all that sort of shit. Yeah, yeah, the New Dead is happening. It's the fifth instalment of the New Dead. It's happening Saturday, May 31st at Fowler's Live in Adelaide. It's an licensed all-ages event, so... No matter what age you are, you can come. And if you're over 18, you can drink and get merry. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, the lineup is 17 bands. There's like uh, seven Adelaide bands, including ourselves, Truth Corroded, and Seven Kira, and Headboard, Gorlatz. Oh, it's testing me here to remember all these bands. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, we've got the inter- interstate bands. The headliners, King Parrot, Lord, Vanishing Point from Melbourne, uh, Claim the Throne, Prize of Soze, Advent Sorrow, Harlot, I know I'm missing some here, but yeah, talking ahead, that's probably the best. Uh, Bronson from Melbourne, go to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash the new dead, and you can see all the details there. And tickets are available for moshticks.com.au for 30 bucks on the day or 25 through moshticks. So I think I covered everything. Because we are such nerds, what are the sort of challenges you faced when you started the new dead festival, and how do you go about booking a gig as a promoter? Basically, because we've been around for a while, it's like, you get to know a lot of bands like yourselves and plenty of bands in the state. So it's just basically contacting the bands that I know will be wanting to play it and then it's basically trying to get them as cheap as possible to play the event because everything comes out of my pocket until I cover the cost. So mm. I always do it at the same venue, Fowl of Life, because running up there is just very easy. I've used to the Against the Grain festivals there. Um, and then tried to do the New Dead stuff, start afresh and do that. Uh, so running event there is pretty easy. The staff there are very good to work with, and the fact that we can do all ages is a bonus, so we can get the kids there and stuff. Uh, so once I got the venue sorted out, it's just pretty much working out my list of bands that I want every year, and then just nothing through those bands and seeing, you know, who I can, who I can't get, and to fill the gap to other bands that you know might not be my first choice, but you know, still an awesome band. So it's just kind of just the process of doing that and then working out the budget, how much I should charge, getting in touch with tickets, you know, ticket mosh ticks, making sure they sell tickets, and like, trying to get some people to work side of stage just to help bands load year, make sure stuff's getting on and off on time because if it runs late, being a all ages show, then the last band just won't get to play. But yeah, it's been the fifth one though, it kind of runs itself now. It's pretty easy. I can just turn off the venue and pretty much get hammered downstairs and just let the band fly and then continue to get drunk really. So. <laughs> Good stuff, man. So yeah, I guess um, you start off by, yeah, like you said, book the venue, um, yeah, start smashing through some of the bands, get a date and everything and, and I guess you wouldn't really yeah announce it until you've got all the nitty-gritties down from there. Do you have any dramas in regards to sort of negotiating 
deals with bands like you know this, the order of bands or slots or how long they want to play or the payment and that sort of stuff does that give you a bit of headaches or not really because i you know i'm lucky enough to know a lot of people in the bands i kind of know who i'm dealing with and there's no real egos as much in the australian metal scene that i've seen to deal with anyway so it's kind of knowing what sort of budget i know how many people i usually would get to the new dead so i kind of have a set budget i don't want to charge too much to get in because place like adelaide people don't want to pay too much money to see anything because it's you know, so you've got to keep the costs down so it's just working it out and then as far as slots go yeah you know i'd love to have 15 amazing huge bands on it but that's just not possible so you can't, yeah you've got to pretty much have your lower like your lesser known adelaide bands and then you know the up and comers so then you, you end off the night with obviously the more established well-known bands that are going to pull in the extra heads and basically it's just making a lineup or a bill that appeals to a wide range of metalheads but it's enough of that one genre to make those a fan of that genre to come along so if i've got death metal i need to have a couple of death metal bands to make people go oh i love death metal i want to go there's like two three bands i want to see but or vice versa power metal fans or grind fans or stuff like that just making sure there's value for money for every fan of metal so that Good stuff. Do you get many bands um, sort of sending in applications or anything, or is it all more so, um, you know, just you're approaching bands, or, or is it a bit of both, depending maybe on locals and, and interstates and things like that? Yeah, it's a bit of both. Like, I kind of go into it with an idea of who I kind of want to have on it and who I'd like to have on it, but I also like to just say, if you want to be on it, then get in touch, because I might not have heard of a said band, and they could just blow me away and go, wow, I definitely want that band on it, so... And with the Adelaide stuff, it's like, you know, I like to reward those bands that do, do come out and check out the other new dads who have been there and go, well, you've come and supported this, so I should support your band. I'll put you on this year. You know, I like supporting bands that get out there and support other bands and other things that are happening. You know, you got to reward these people with their efforts. Too many people just sit on their ass now and do jack shit. So it's like, well, if you're willing to get out there and support it, then I should yeah, support your band. So. Yeah, sweet. And I guess that's a pretty good tip for um, for young bands out there listening. It is pretty important to be networking and getting along to other shows and supporting other bands and, you know, meeting people and, and everything. It does go a long way for sure. Yeah, definitely. You know, you should always support the bands, and especially interstate bands when they come through. It's like to help them out, even places to stay or giving them some beers or, you know, whatever they need. So it's just, they're going to be your contact when you want to go to their state and play, you know. So I always say you should always support bands locally and definitely bands that are travelling. So, you know, always help them out. How do you go about reaching out to bands? Do you do it through social media or anything like that, or do you do it through previous networking and contacts? Um, it just depends. If I know them personally, I'd probably just get in touch with them, like, you know, to shoot them just a Facebook message or an email. So if I don't know the band personally, I would just probably just send them an email just explaining who I am and what the event's about, tell them who's playing and see if they're interested and then just feel them out. You know, I usually ask them, you know, what are they after as far as playing-wise and money-wise, and then I can get a feel if I can afford to have them on it or, you know, a little bit of negotiating going on, you know. I'd love to be able to pay a band everything they need to break even, but you just can't do that sometimes. And some bands, a lot of bands are pretty willing to lose a bit of money to travel in Australia because it's such a massive place and flights and et cetera. It's so expensive. But yeah, it's how it works. You just got to get in touch and see and feel them out, I suppose. So. Yeah, sick, man. Um, and it is the fifth version of New Dad, so it's um, it has been going pretty well in the past, from what I've been led to believe. And it sounds like there's a, a lot of um, yeah, a lot of anticipation for it this time around as well. Um, how do you go about promoting such an event like that? I mean, is it a lot of um, a lot of online stuff, a lot of social media and things, or do you um, do you go down the old-fashioned route of um, you know posters around the city and stuff like that as well, magazines, radio, all that sort of thing? Uh, we do kind of cover as much as we can. Like, I'm lucky to have a few sponsors involved the new 
that. Um, good, and I would prefer to manage a name. Glenn, he runs his promotion stuff. He got explosive promotions. He handled like all the promotions for like stuff like WOMAD and Shipsinfest and all the big events here in Adelaide. And I've known him for like over 20 years and yeah, so he just goes off, whatever you want, I'll do it, I'll sponsor it and he just prints up, you know, a thousand full-colour A2 posters and they just distribute them all across South Australia. So they do all that, you know, I print up handbills and just hand them out at shows whenever I can and ask all the bands to the same. But then you have the other side, the social media, Facebook, you know, you've got to do all that sort of stuff, Twitter and you've got to keep it constant but you don't want to be totally annoying to him as God. I'm just sick of seeing stuff about that. There's a certain amount of annoyance you can you can do to people when yeah, you're sure. stuff online. But I think it's definitely at the point in Adelaide that everyone knows the event now and everyone knows it's on. So, yeah, hopefully we just start out on just and it gets crazy. So. Killer. And, um, yeah, I mean, we've been to Adelaide a few times now. It's going on like five or six or maybe more even times. Um, and, yeah, we have yeah, obviously had a, an awesome amount of support from people like yourself. Um, Lee from Double Dragon used to help us out a lot as well. So, yeah, definitely eternally grateful to you, Mob. Um, but, yeah, we always have a wicked time and always try to encourage you know other people to even head over there and check out um, when there are festivals like this on. There's always heaps of fun in the, the city. There's a lot of wicked beer that's generally pretty cheap compared to Perth anyway. Um, uh, 24-hour pancake shops, awesome steak, and yeah, heaps of cool dudes and lots of stuff happening um, around the place. So if you are out from out of town, definitely still consider it as well. But yeah, I, I guess we all almost sort of feel a bit at home when we do come to Adelaide It's in that we find it a bit similar to Perth in that they do experience some of the same dramas that we do. You know, you might get tours, you know, Australian national tours of big international bands and, you know, they skip out on Perth or they skip out on Adelaide and that sort of thing. And I think, um, yeah, so we, we associate with the, the locals there a bit as well. Um, do you find that that is a big issue at the moment in the Adelaide scene, you know, with bands maybe or promoters not willing to take that punt because they might have had previous bad turn outs over there? Oh, definitely. Um, Adelaide now, I think we miss out on pretty much 70% of the tours going across Australia. Like, uh, we used to get a lot, but Adelaide's a pretty small team. Like, when you compare it to, say, like Melbourne, there's only like a million people in South Australia, and I think in the city area, you've probably got like half that. And people, it's generally, it's a, it's a known fact that people in Adelaide are pretty lazy, and they don't really buy tickets for like the night of the gig, which is no good for a promoter who's outlaying thousands of dollars to bring a band here, you know. So until people in Adelaide realise that they're to blame in the end by not getting off their ass and buying a ticket straight away, you know, then it's not going to change. Like, people are so quick to win, like, oh, carcass aren't coming here. It's like, well, you didn't really support them massively last time they came here, so why should a promoter bring them back and lose money just to suit you? And in the end, the person wins and probably won't go anyway, because he's like, oh, I've got to work the next day, I've got to wake up early. It's like, well, if you're not willing to wake up, you know, lose an hour sleep to see some metal bands, and you're not a real metalhead, you should just get fucked. <laughs> yeah, that's it. So, um, I guess, what's the plan going forward, do you think, for the scene? Are people starting to realise that, and, and um, is it a bit of a, a curve now where people are trying to support more shows as they come along um, so that hopefully it does do that full circle and, and, you know, come back to the way it was? I hope people are taking note, but there is, a, there is still a lot of shows coming through. And people can only afford so many tickets, you know. It's just, you know, the prices range from 60 to $70, as you know. So if you've got two or three shows in two weeks, you've really got to pick and choose what you go to so but hopefully yeah it picks up but we always have the problem in Adelaide that shows are always like midweek we don't really get a weekend international show because you know obviously doing an international metal show in Melbourne and Sydney is a lot more profitable for a promoter than like doing it in Adelaide for one so 
But um, I had been, so I, mean, I went and saw Flesh God Apocalypse uh, a couple of nights ago, and it was actually a really good turnout for an Adelaide Death, like International Death Metal show. It was actually a really good turnout there. So hopefully things are picking up. And I heard Origin did really good as well. So, you know, I'm pretty sure it'll pick up eventually. There's more and more kids getting into the scene. So hopefully, you know, they, they turn up shows and hopefully we can get all these bands coming. You know, we can get the carcasses and more angels and all those bands coming through again. So see how it goes, I suppose. I guess in that downtime between big tours, does Adelaide as a scene sort of grow within that time? In Perth, we've always got all these international bands playing that the local gigs suffer. People just wait for the internationals. Yeah, it's pretty much the same here. Like, there always is that stigma, like uh, Australian metal bands just aren't as good as international stuff, which to me is just horseshit because there's plenty of Australian metal bands touring the world now just as or even better as most of the international stuff. But, you know, some people get past it, some people don't, and they're like, oh, I'd rather go see so-and-so play, like Slayer play. Obviously, you'd rather see Slayer play the most bands. It's like, you've got to go out there and support your local stuff. But there's a lot of bands in Adelaide, crazy amount of, like, metal bands, and there's a lot of venues where you can still play in Adelaide so there's always so much competition so the local shows are sort of suffering like about 10 years ago we'd play shows and you'd get like 300 or 400 a show like it was awesome because it was pretty much the only metal show on that weekend now you've got probably five on in the same weekend so the crowd's not that big so the better gigs will get like the 150 200 still but I think the lesser shows you play but better quality shows end up being the best shows to go to you know so I think that's the way how you do it yeah that's it um and, and what's the state of the scene like at the moment in regards to local bands I mean it always looks like there's a, a shitload of local bands coming from Adelaide really I mean is there quite a few coming through at the moment or any in particular that are exciting you for um for things going forward yeah Throughout the last probably the last year or so, there's been a few like that. Um, there's a really good band called Alkira. They're like a young, like young thrash band. Uh, they're really hardworking. Kind of reminders of ourselves when we were like 19, 20 years old. So it was five hundred years ago. Yeah, yeah. So that yeah, banging on our clubs, creating fire. So. <laughs> but uh, they're just getting drunk and just causing all sorts of trouble, which is what I like to see young bands do. You know, so they're, totally. they're great managed to hook up with Havoc over in Southeast Asia just from their own hard work. So, you know, they're, they're really busting their balls to get out there. And then there's a um, thing called Headbore as well. They're like more of that Pantery machine head sort of metal. But they're starting to get out there. And then there's a really cool proggy sort of metal band called Dissidia. Um, they're, they're really good. They're pretty much top-notch of what they do. Like, they're a great band. Sort of in line, say, like bands like The Ocean and stuff like that, you know, and textures and stuff. So that sort of vibes, and they're, they're really good. So I reckon they'd probably go a long way. So there is definitely good bands. There is a lot of bands here, though, and a lot of, a lot of metalcore stuff that's still massive here because there's the whole Ike Wood of Polkum. So pretty much the probably the biggest metal metalcore band to come out of Adelaide. So, you know, a lot of people still want to be like them. So there's a lot of that scene still, and that scene is still massive here. So. Sick. Well, um, yeah, we might move on to your band a little bit, Truth Corroded. Um, so if you wouldn't mind perhaps just giving us a bit of a rundown of the history of the band um, and, of course, the new album, Saviour Slain, which has come out pretty recently. It sounds like it's doing some really good things. Um, so if you could tell us a bit, yeah, it's about the band and the album. Truth Corroded, well, we started a long time ago. Uh, have now got five albums out, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, five albums, um, heavily toured, just constant touring around Australia, um, been over to Asia like four times now, played China. We think we were the first Australian band to play China. I know we were the first Australian metal band to play China and Thailand. Yeah, right. I put out a couple of albums on our own label, Truth Inc. Records. Um, and then um, we just signed a record deal late last year to AFM Records in Germany, who were the same uh, record company for 
Factory and Sodakra and Sodakra and uh, uh, Morse Principia Danzig. Nest. Yeah, Moors are on it. Yeah, Danzig's on it. I think Udo from Accept's on it. So, you know, Horn. Yeah, it's a pretty it's a big range of stuff on that label. And they're, they're a really good label to be on, actually. They've, they've done a lot of hard work for us and we're very grateful because we've always done it ourselves by just having True Think Records. So to, to actually give someone else the reins of the band and to say, go for it, it's kind of a little bit unnerving for us, but they've done a great job, you know. They've pushed it really hard. Um, and we uh, put out, yeah, put out the new album, The Stage is Slaying, through them, which we mixed and mastered. Mark Lewis at Audio Hammer Studios in Florida, and he's done stuff like, when he's doing the new Cannibal Corpse album now, and he's done, like, The Black Dali Murder and Devil Driver and White Chapel and stuff like that. So we're really happy the way it turned out. We had a couple of guest stars, uh, some friends. We had Kevin Talley do the drums once again. He was from, like, Misery Index and Chimera and stuff. And then uh, we got Brett Hoffman from Eleven Creation to guest on the track because we toured with those guys in Europe and we just hit it off with him. He was a great guy and he had no problems doing some vocals on the song with us. And also got Craig from Forbidden, They're like a legendary Bay Area thrash band, one of my favourite bands. He laid down a lead for us in the album too. So, yeah, it was good to get some, some of my personal idols on an album. If you told me 10 years ago that those guys would be in the album, I'd say, I'd get fucked, that ain't happening. You know? <laughs> why, why would they be on my album, you know? So that's kind of very, very cool in my eyes to have that stuff happen to me. So that was cool. So And yeah, the album's doing really good. Yeah, cheers. And yeah, it's a lot of positive feedback. So see where it takes us the rest of the year, I suppose. So. How did you take letting go of the reins, you know, like handing over what used to be your responsibility like you guys were always a really self uh, self made band, you know. So um, yeah, how did you feel about transferring sort of management? Oh, we were happy to do it because obviously these guys, that's what they do. You know, when you look at the bands on their roster, we're, we're very happy to let them go for it. Now we still speak to them, and we still handle the release here in Australia through True Things Records, but um, they just handle everywhere else in the world. So. It's kind of cool, like when you're getting promoted in, say, a magazine like Metal Hammer from AFM uh, or Terrorizer, you know, it's just it's this extra promo that you can do here in Australia. You know, you, you reap the rewards of their promo over here. So it's just a yeah. massive bonus. Like the contacts that they have far outweigh any contacts that I personally would have. You know, they're pulling favours from, as they're like Terrorizer magazine, to do an exclusive track on their website for us. You know, that's something that I probably personally couldn't do without, you know, exchanging money or something, you know, so... Cool. Can you give us a bit of an idea, perhaps, of um, how you'd go about getting onto an awesome label like that? I mean, obviously, step one, create a killer album and, and you know, work hard over the years. But, um, I mean, is it a matter of sending it over an application or is it a matter of sort of networking over time? Or how do you go about that? Or, you know, tips for young bands that might want to look to, to applying for record labels? Uh, I think it's professionalism is, is the major key. You've got to portray yourself as, as big as possible, as big as you can be without being too wanky, you know? You don't want to come across like we're freaking amazing, we're the best band in the world, but you can't also just go, oh, give them a bio that says, like, you know, forging the fires of hell on a Thursday with five <laughs> members fucking branded each other with metal tongs and we're now the best metal band in the world, you know what I mean? You can't give them no advice. It's going to be dead set honest, but you, you've got to promote yourself well and make everything look professional, you know? It's like, we give them pretty much an international quality album. We're like, here's the album. You know, it was mixed and mastered by someone that's got a lot of clout and, you know, having those guest stars on it, you know, it definitely helped us out. But we also had a deal with AFM through Truthing Records that we started distributing some of their bands here. So it was sort of like, we'll help you, you help us sort of deal. And they were very happy to oblige by that. So 
Yeah, Greg's handled more of the record company dealings, but it's, you definitely need to portray yourself as a professional band, and probably the more you've achieved as a band, the better it looks in their eyes, because they need to they need to be able to market you to an overseas audience. You know, you could think that you're massive in your home state, but does anyone in Germany know who you are? You know, how does this label market you to the Germans? If they can say, oh, this band is touring so-and-so, or they've just got their album done by so-and-so, it gives them something to advertise to that market that will go, oh, the, the everyday German metal will go, oh, well, yeah, I love Kennel Horse. That dude recorded Kennel Horse. I've got to check that out. You know, it's just having something that they can market, I think, in the end, and it helps. And, um, and you mentioned the uh, the recent Asian tour you've done as well. Um, so if you could, yeah, give us a bit of an idea of how that went, any um, crazy tour stories that might have happened along the way or funny, cool people you met? Yeah, yeah, we, uh, we did 15 shows in Asia. We started out in South Korea where we played this, Eight band bill and it was just a crazy array of different stuff. It was like K-pop bands and Christian metalcore bands and black metal bands, and that was that was cool. We had a crazy after party in Korea. Um, yeah, the police showed up and shut it, tried to shut it down, and we're just in like a normal restaurant. Like I've never been such a rowdy restaurant in my life. People were jumping through windows and all sorts of stuff. It was <laughs> out of control. And then from there we played Taiwan with the Black Dahlia Murder. That was a great show. We had a great night with those guys. They were a really good bunch of dudes. From there, we went into China. Uh, we did six shows in China, and they all went really good. Played some obscure places and some really nutso crowds. Like, you know, we played one place, which is some Chong, Chongqing or somewhere like that, and we broke the capacity of this venue. Like, they never, ever had that many people turn up. And, you know, to see a band from Australia, a relatively unheard of Australian metal band, people were just coming just to check it out, basically. But, yeah. It was, it was actually one of those really crazy shows. Unfortunately, Greg, our bass player, like done something to his back, so we had to go to a Chinese hospital, so we had to play as a carpenter. The guitar was blowing out every like thirty seconds, but we persisted. It was just one of the probably the, one of the best shows of the tour. After that, we were lucky to play a thing called Midi Fest in Shanghai, which is sort of like a cross between Soundwave and WOMAD, which is like a more of an arts and cultural festival we have here in Adelaide. So we arrived in Shanghai about 11 o'clock in the morning and they picked us up and they said, look, the event might not go ahead because it's just torrential rain. Uh, we got taken to the venue about four o'clock and it was just a mud fest. There was mud everywhere. But um, we got to go on and there was about close to 10,000 people there were playing the main stage and it was like rain pouring through the tarpaulin and all our guitar amps and pedals were covered in glad wrap so no one got electrocuted <laughs> like rain pouring on the drum kit as we were playing yeah. but um it was like a surreal moment because it was like probably the closest we've ever come to feeling like Metallica because behind us was this massive 100 foot video screen so when I turned around to look there was like my massive head being screened to like massive people <laughs> I was like this is just retarded like you know yeah <laughs> but it was a crazy show like, to get to play in front of that many people was awesome it's like you know you guys would know just doing Hammersonic as well so similar sort of thing and especially with the rain as well like they give you these um, like these tarpaulin type tent things out the back for I don't know the backstage sort of area and you have all your gear and stuff there and it just some rain crazy rainfall out of nowhere just pissed down and all the water started coming through these tents and everyone's like yeah moving their guitars and stuff to the middle of the thing so they're not getting wet and the whole festival runs like three hours late because of this and but they just trudge on no one stresses out too bad and pretty surreal being on stage and seeing your own face on the tv screen that's classic yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a weird feeling because yeah it's like why why are you just showing up like but then after that we uh did a show in hong kong where we've been a few times and that was a good show and then um yeah headed over to japan for our third visit where we played with 
the Black Dahlia murder uh, Flesh God Apocalypse and Juice Centered in Tokyo uh, that was a sold out show and that was a crazy gig like we there was like an eight band bill and Cosby jumped on at the last minute they put it on first at five o'clock in the afternoon but the venue was capacity when we went on it was just out of control so it was a 25 minute set and just nuts just pure nuts and yeah had another pretty big night with uh, the Black Dahlia guys and did, then we did a bunch of other shows in Japan headlined our own shows and ended up in a place called Fukuoka where our guitarist got molested by another guitarist <laughs> <laughs> so awesome to hear um i guess yeah obviously there are more and more aussie bands getting over there at the moment um how do you reckon younger bands can go about hooking something like that up is it just a matter of finding out the promoters and getting in touch or booking your own shows or um is it i don't know i know there's a bit of the you know buy-in sort of thing going on at the moment what would you recommend would be the best way to to go about getting over there yeah i think in the end you've got to work out if you can actually honestly afford to do it like it's not cheap but it's not overly expensive. But if you've got the money, then you can do it. And there, there are the buy-ins. Um, you know, if you're willing to do that, then that's cool. That's what you want to do. That's all good. They can be pretty expensive. You know, I think most bands in Australia have been offered buy-ins by certain promoters, and we know how it all works. You know, I have no problem if that's what you want to do, then do it. But just, you know, admit that's what you're doing. Don't don't hide behind and don't I can do that. Or we all know you did. So. <laughs> If that's what you want to do, there's no problem with it. You know, we had to buy on to do our European tour, and but we worked it out that it was all pretty much worked in our favour to do that. So, um, but yeah, if you got the money, then buy on. I, I would just find out, look at the, the tour posts of the bands that you like and see where they're playing and contact the venues. Cool, we're an Australian band or we're a band from wherever and we're looking to get over there. If you've got any shows we can jump on or any dates you can give us, we'd love to come over and play. We're not looking for much, we're just looking... For to play a show in front of you, you know, at your venue. And most, we most promoters, especially in Southeast Asia, are pretty accommodating. They like to have some international bands over there, and some promoters might hook you up some hotels and pick you up from the airport and stuff. You might not make much money, but the experience that you can only make your band a better band and a stronger band, I think, you know, as far as even musically and just the bonds you have with band members, there's nothing like going to the season, you know, hanging out with each other for two weeks and either hating it or loving it or just punching all your members or getting drunk with your members, you know. It's, it's an experience that, I think every band should do because, yeah, it does make you as a strong band, I think. so. This is a question from left field, but how often do Truthies rehearse? <laughs> uh, not enough. <laughs> yeah. We have a guitarist, Trent, now lives in Melbourne, so it's hard for him to get over here. So when he does, we just jam pretty solidly for a whole weekend. We're pretty tight as a core unit. So, but, you know, every band would love to jam, you know, as a job, really, but, but you can't realistically. And the cost of practice rooms is pretty exorbitant sometimes. So, but, um, yeah. We, we jam as much as we can, especially if we've got a tour coming out, we'll all get together and make sure we've got everything tight. You know, you don't, you don't want to get up on stage and be shit because you live and die by your live performance in the end being a metal band. So if someone sees you and you're pretty happy, pretty much yeah. a chance to come back and see you. So you've got to make sure you're on fire every time you play. So, yeah, 
Probably don't break them up. Sick. Um, so you guys have ticked quite a few things off the list as as far as um, Aussie bands go. It's awesome to hear. But do you have any, I guess, any further goals in the future or anything, you know, that you're really striving towards next? Well, I think the goal of pretty much every metal band is to play some festivals in Europe. You know, that's the one place that you want to get to. Like, I remember growing up and seeing the footage of, like, Dynamo Open Air and Donington and Barkin and, you know, Hellfest and that. And you're like, man, it would just be amazing to play those shows amongst the hundreds of bands that are on that build and share the stage with some of those bands. It would be crazy, you know. So I think that's, you know, I've been lucky to play with my favourite bands. I've been lucky to release albums. I've been very lucky to tour the world and stuff. But I think, yeah, the European Festival is probably the last thing that I really would love to do as part of the band, just to experience that would be great. And hopefully it comes, maybe next year might happen. So, yeah, fingers crossed on that one. Totally, we're rooting for you. So hope, hopefully, uh, you can score something like that. That'd be killer. And yeah, totally. I'm sure that's all in every every band's goals. Um, so yeah, if you can nail something like that off, that is awesome. Um, what upcoming shows do you have at the moment that have been announced? Obviously, we've got May 31, Fowler's Live, New Dad Festival. Anything else on the horizons? Uh, no, that's all we got. We only just got back from Asia uh, last weekend, so we had a few offers from shows. But the only one that's locked in is the New Dad. So that would be like our sort of Adelaide homecoming shows. So it should be pretty crazy as usual. Most of the new bits are pretty crazy. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. We good to get back on the Adelaide stage and then, yeah, drink some beers with all our mates from other bands we've got coming over that night. And um, how can people get in touch with you guys and check out your music and all that sort of stuff? Yeah, we uh, have a website, truthroader.com. Uh, you've got the Facebook, facebook.com, truthroader, Twitter, all those usual ones. But if you head to truthroader.com, the links are all there. So um, feel free to drop us a line and say hello if you've got, you know, if she asks a question, whatever, you know, advice, whatever, we've been around for a while. So I'm always happy to help people out with advice for shows and whatever they need to know. So, yeah, just drop us a line, get in touch. Fuck yeah, man. Thanks heaps for that. And, um, yeah appreciate your time again come to the close and um yeah of course metal scene needs more good cunts like you out there so if you're tuning in and you're pretty young you should aspire to be jason north you'll have a good life (laughs) 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 good stuff we're um yeah pumped to see you in a couple of weeks and and get over to adelaide again it's always a blast um so yeah really keen um if you got anything else uh, i don't know last minute comments or whatever go for gold uh just uh yeah check us out online Grab a copy of the album The Stage is Slain, give it a listen, bang your head, drink some beers, throw the horns, <laughs> go to a gig, go to a local gig, support your Australian metal before you support anyone else because the Australian metal bands are potentially going to be your next favourite band. So if I can get out there, support it, go to gigs, drag all your mates there, get in a circle, get in a fight, get laid, get pissed, <laughs> have a great fucking night. So. That's the spirit. Yep. Wise words. <laughs> Thanks again, man. We'll, we'll talk to you very soon. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. Save up
Go to bed!